Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions, and music with Orb as the host. Oddly Funny Productions. We might be odd, but we bring the funny to you. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Tom Myers versus the rest of the world 2020 year in recoil special. <laughs> this year saw the loss of Regis Philbin, Sean Connery, and Alex Trebek. All three are perfect examples of people who tapped into our consciousness and knew what we were all really thinking. They experienced 2020 and they all said, fuck this shit. I'm out. <laughs> I have a theory. <laughs> <laughs> I have a theory that the earth for years has been one of God's toys and that 2020 is the year he has finally gotten tired of playing with it. <laughs> we got to witness a pandemic caused by government inaction so bad that it not only infected Donald Trump and a lot of his aides, but also the chair of the Republican National Committee, Rona Romney McDaniel. How fitting for 2020 that one of the more high profile people to get this virus is named Rona. <laughs> <laughs> Things got so bad this year during the pandemic that even Disney closed. How difficult would it have been to explain your children that the reason Snow White was sleeping was because she was on a ventilator? <laughs> Other Western industrialized countries showed that they handled the coronavirus much better than the United States. In New Zealand, their contact tracing efforts are so good that they managed to trace one outbreak down to a trash can lid. Meanwhile, in this country, that trash can lid will get its own show on the Fox Business Network. <laughs> Subbing for Lou Dobbs. 
The first shipment of the COVID-19 vaccines was 2.9 million doses. However, significantly less doses will make it into people's arms, owing to the careless manner in which FedEx drivers handle packages. There have been a few allergic reactions to the vaccine, with most of them occurring in Alaska, of all places. It's nice to know scientists will discover an adverse reaction when the vaccine is mixed with a diet of whale blubber. Donald Trump issued pardons to several people before Christmas, including campaign advisors and former Republican members of Congress who are among his earliest supporters. Bill Cosby's lawyers are now trying to convince the White House that Cliff Huxtable would have been a Trump supporter. <laughs> this year saw the increase in pet owners naming their dogs Fauci. Not true for Trump supporters, obviously. They named their dogs Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Trump is reportedly moving ahead with allowing executions before he leaves office. He's like the Oprah Winfrey of capital punishment. You get a lethal injection, and you get a lethal injection. <laughs> Vice President Mike Pence will oversee the electoral vote count in Congress on January 6th, and then will reportedly leave the country for a tour of Europe. Finally, a member of the Trump-Pence ticket is doing something to make America great by fucking off before his term ends. <laughs> Melania Trump reportedly asked if she got to keep her first lady salary after she leaves the White House. In fact, she only gets a $20,000 pension once she's widowed. Just what Trump needs. Someone else who wishes he was dead. <laughs> and now on with the show. Joining me tonight to discuss this year, Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojcikowski, and Shireen Kassam. Hey, everybody. Hi, Tom. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for Abby, how was everything on your end? All right. Like I said uh, before we started, I'm hanging out with uh, some family. Um, we made the long haul trek to the middle of the country so that we could all be together. And we are laying as low as possible and just hanging out. That is actually a, a dream of mine to just, you know, lay low, hang out, except minus all the uh, minus all the family being as antisocial <laughs> as I am. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm in the basement right now. So I will say, hey, I will say, though, out here in the middle of nowhere, you could see the um, the Christmas star, the uh, planetary alignment really well, which was very cool. But basically, you're just you're just rubbing it in where if it's not cloud cover over the East Coast, then it's basically just light know. pollution <laughs> <laughs> or gunfire or just tiki torches from so much outdoor dining. <laughs> Jeff, how about yourself? Uh, very, very glad that the new year is upon us. I've oversaturated, I think, on cable news in 2020 to the point where with about two weeks to go, I had had it and I could no longer watch Rachel Maddow or, or uh, any, but any, any of my favorites on MSNBC because the news was never good. It was never optimistic at least with the election coming up, there was the hope, the promise, and then the, the good news that, that Joe won. But at the end of this year, it's become what stupid illegal thing is this guy gonna do on the way out? Mm. Is he gonna uh, unscrew the doorknobs and take them too and then sell them on eBay? Because you, that may have happened. So I've had it. I am ready to turn the calendar and, uh, and look forward to better things uh, in, in starting in three weeks. 
Yeah, to me, 2020 has felt so long. It seems like it started when Donald Trump rode down the escalator to announce his candidacy. Yes. It, it's been, it's been yeah. that long. Yes. Michelle, how about yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm right with Jeff. I cannot wait until 2021 hits. I mean, 2020, like you said, it seemed so incredibly long. It makes my name look like Smith. <laughs> I just came up with that one. That was pretty good. Um, no, it is. Yeah. But I, I agree with uh, what Jeff is saying. I mean, one, you know, after Joe won, something that I've noticed, especially, you know, on social media, especially on Twitter, is Trump is just not getting nearly as much attention. So I feel like he's, you know, I'm waiting for him to like firebomb something or, you know, I mean, he, I, was it this week or last week? He, he signed um, an executive order talking about the architecture in DC. Really? Really? This is like all he can do? Like all the architecture has to be um, traditional and it has to look beautiful. And, and I thought, oh my God, just leave. Just well, leave. It's, it's probably because he, you know, with all that Secret Service protection and all the media attention focused on him. He can't do what he really wants to do with the architecture. And that's basically just walk around DC and just piss all over each monument, like yeah. a deranged homeless person. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we all listen really closely, we can probably hear and smell the shredders overheating in the white house right now. Right. <laughs> Cause I, I can't even imagine the stuff they're getting rid of. I can't even imagine what's happening. And it's cracking me up uh, the last couple weeks, just people in, in different positions whom Trump appointed are saying, oh, I, I'm quitting as of blah, 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 as of December 20. Who cares? You were on your way out in another few weeks anyway. You know, I mean, it's gotten so bad. My husband and I are keeping a countdown. I have um, uh, those magic markers that you can write on windows with. I'm like a five-year-old inside and I'm like, yay, I can write on the windows. So on the back of um, a clear, our clear back door every day, one of us changes it, changes the number. You know, when we get- That's a good idea. It, it's, well, it, it's something that makes you feel good from the morning on. And it's sad to say that, but you know, this year, I, I just can't, you know what's weird? I don't know how you all have felt, but you know, once you get in, once we got into the COVID way of life, so to speak, like whatever this new normal is, we're kind of going along, just going along. And then all of a sudden, once in a while, I'll just say to myself, oh my God, there is a global wide pandemic that I am living through. It's almost like you, you push it out of your mind so that you can keep functioning, you know? And sometimes when it hits you, it reminds me of, of when someone passes away and you start to get your life back. And then all of a sudden you say, oh my God, this person isn't here. And it's like someone has knocked the chair out from under you. So, hey, welcome to the positivity part of the podcast. <laughs> I tell you what, I bet your neighbors especially are loving the uh, window countdown that you guys are doing. <laughs> I mean, it's basically what, what you were saying before about, you know, all the all these administration officials deciding they're going to leave before Trump does. It's like being told by your boss, like, "Look, you know, you're you're fired. You know, it's just not working out. Like, you're finish up your shift and then go home, <laughs> and then just be like, well, 
fuck you, I'm leaving six hours before the end of my shift. I'm out of here! You know? <laughs> Big deal. In six more hours, you were out of here anyway. <laughs> Shireen, how about yourself? I feel like the odd one out. I don't want the year to end. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm like nervous with the vaccine now. It's like, oh my God, I might have to like go interact with people again. And like, I, that's because clothes, you live in Florida. <laughs> my clothes don't fit. Like what yes. am I going to do? Let me, let me give you a little piece of advice here. Nobody's clothes fit right now. Everyone's wearing elastic pants. Nobody can fit into jeans. <laughs> but one day they're just going to say, like on a Friday, they're going to be like, everything's open. Everyone go out. And like Friday night, everybody's going to want to go to the club. And I'm not going to have anything to wear. I mean, the clubs are open here. I don't even know what I'm saying. Because like, <laughs> I am in Florida. But yeah, I just, I don't want, I, I love sitting at home. I love not having to see people and talk to people. And I think, honestly, I think Joe Biden needs some more time to, uh, to get start to get ready for his big day like i if people are already blaming him for the stimulus package and i'm just like oh, no we we need time we need time to like set things straight if there's a way to do that <laughs> so the same people probably who are claiming that the election was rigged they're also claiming that you know the guy who they say didn't win the election is screwing things up basically yep, basically well on, on the subject of uh, of the election and all I mean, Michelle can uh, attest to this. I don't, I don't actually know if you've seen any of this, but every single Sunday, like near where I live, they do an entire caravan of vehicles that wave yep. Trump 2020 flags. Yep. So they go all over my county. They start at, our, they start at the local park and ride and they go through, the, and they tie up traffic is what they do. They 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 go th they take all the main highways and go through a couple of the and go through a couple of the towns in the county where I live. It's basically like a funeral procession, except unlike a real funeral procession, everybody's happy, almost like it's the funeral of a relative that nobody liked at all, and they're all <laughs> waiting to hear what the inheritance is going to be. What's the point of it? To show how stupid they are, or is it just like <laughs> masturbation for them? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I think they've learned from McConnell and it's just obstruction. That's what they've learned. So that's what they're doing. Actually, if I were allowed to masturbate in my vehicle while being in that caravan, I might join them. <laughs> and with that said, <laughs> we'll never look at that caravan again. <laughs> Moving on. Thank you. <laughs> Ten years ago, I was waiting in a hotel lobby in Kansas waiting to perform while a woman was on her phone in the lobby of this hotel talking about her granddaughter studying pre-med. She was saying, I don't understand why she has to take so many biology courses to study medicine. I mean, biology is biology. 10 years later, we've just been through an election where 47% of American voters selected a candidate whose slogan may as well have been fuck science, <laughs> thus clearly demonstrating why the rest of the world looks at us like we're idiots and why they're right. Adding to their case is the extreme reaction to the results of our presidential election, where the few shreds of dignity that we display to the rest of the world is the only thing keeping us from turning into a full-blown authoritarian state. Despite his best efforts to control the narrative about how he was cheated out of an election, he came off as a deranged dictator, knowing that his reign is coming to an end, as we can see from this election night footage. 
I want to thank the American people for their tremendous support. Millions and millions of people voted for us tonight. And uh, a very sad group of people is trying to disenfranchise that group of people. And we won't stand for it. We will not stand for it. And we were getting ready for a big celebration. We, we were winning everything, and all of a sudden, it was just called off. I spoke with the really wonderful governor of Texas just a little while ago, and Greg Abbott, he said, uh, congratulations. He called me to congratulate me on winning Texas. I mean, we won Texas. I don't think they finished quite the tabulation, but there's no way. And uh, it was almost complete, but he congratulated me. Then he said, by the way, what's going on? I've never seen anything like this. Can I tell you what? Nobody has. We won states, and all of a sudden, I said, what happened to the election? It's off. And we have all these announcers saying, what happened? And then they said, oh, this is a major fraud in our nation. We want the law to be used in a proper manner. And all of a sudden, everything just stopped. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. I think it's lost on a lot of Trump supporters that as he is saying, this is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. (laughs) They're watching Donald Trump speak. honest i kind of sympathize with him you know he uh he was winning and he was winning and then all of a sudden he was losing and i'm a steelers fan and i really <laughs> i feel that he probably did a count of uh, people in the white house saw that he was ahead and figured that was it exactly <laughs> it's like that comic who does a comedy contest he invites all his friends and then he only places like third or he doesn't make the semifinals and wonders why you know he, he didn't make it mm-hmm. i know nothing about that <laughs> <laughs> this year saw trump's battles with the mainstream media come to a head when confronted with things like what he said and what he did he is all too quick to embody the new american spirit give up and retreat to the bubble you created and that you know so well as we can see from this 60 minutes interview Do you think that your tweets and your name-calling are turning people off? No, I think I wouldn't be here if I didn't have social media. But the media is fake. And frankly, if I didn't have social media, I'd have no way of getting out my voice. Do you know what you told me a long time ago when I asked why you keep saying fake media? Yeah. You said to me, I say that because I need to uh, discredit you so that when you say negative things about me, no one will believe you. I don't you. have to discredit you. But that's what you You've told me. You've discredited yourself. You know, I didn't want to have this kind of angry. Of course you did. No, I didn't. Of course you did. No, I didn't. Well, then you brought up a lot of subjects that Well, I said I'm going to ask you tough up. questions. They were inappropriately but... brought up right from the beginning. No, your first question was, this is going to be tough questions. Why? You don't ask Joe Biden. I saw your interview uh, with Joe, the interview with I Joe Biden. I never did a Joe it Biden was a interview. Joke. The interview, 60 Minutes. I see Joe Biden giving softball after softball. I've seen all of his interviews. He's never been asked a question that's hard. Okay, but forget him for a minute. No, but you your start with me. Your president. And Excuse me, Leslie, you started with me. 
your first statement was, are you ready for tough questions? Are you? That's no way to talk. No way to talk. Leslie, one, one second. At this point, one of our producers interrupted to advise about the time remaining in the interview. I think we have enough of an interview here, Hope. Okay, that's enough. Let's go. Let's go. In fa- uh, let's go meet for two seconds, okay? Thanks. I'll see you in a little while. Thanks. Be careful. We were scheduled to take a walk with the president around the White House grounds. I've got a lot of questions I didn't ask. When uh, when Trump says that, uh, you know, you you were the one who did this interview, you, know, you 60 Minutes did this interview, I don't even think he knows that all of these reporters are different people. I think he thinks that all of these reporters are just rolled <laughs> up into one super reporter who is just out to take him down. And he, she hadn't even interviewed Biden at, at that time. And it never occurs to him or his staff how weak he looked. And this was pre-election. Let's remember that time frame. So he looked weak to many people. He couldn't even stand up to Leslie Stahl. I never thought I'd have to see these again. You're really sparking up my PTSD here. I was going to say, I didn't watch it the first time. And, and that's, that's one of the things that's been so weird for me in 2020. Well, in the last four years, I was very politically involved for most of my life. And it got to the point where I, I can't watch him. I can't watch him. I can't listen to him. I, I listen to little sound bites, but I'd rather read that he walked off, you know, or read that because it doesn't annoy me nearly as much. So thanks, Tom. We're just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can't hit the mute button. Thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> this episode is called Year in Recoil. <laughs> but Michelle, it was actually funny because I remember the, the newspaper started to talk about this video before the video came out. Like it was like building up anticipation for Sunday. And mm-hmm. everyone on social media was arguing like, he didn't really walk out. They're making it up. <laughs> the media is always exaggerating. So it was like, you had to watch it to actually see that it happened. And then you're like, oh my God, it really did happen. The president got upset on national TV and walked off stage. I mean, I don't even think the newspapers did it justice for how amazing it was if you're an anti-Trump supporter. Well, the White House put the video, the full unedited video on Facebook. Like they had a, a separate camera there that wasn't the CBS camera. And they put the whole thing on Facebook. So if you wanted to just see Trump it. have a Yeah, and if you wanted to if you wanted to see Trump have a meltdown, you didn't even need to watch 60 minutes. I mean, I think at least during 2020, PTSD took on a new meaning, and that's <laughs> Trump stress <laughs> or disorder. Okay, let me try that again. <laughs> Moving on. I don't think that he, uh, I don't think that he thinks all of the anchors are the same. I think he just has face blindness for women over the age of twenty five. They just absolutely all look exactly the same to him. Yep, yep. Who aren't blonde and don't look like his daughter. To be fair, Melania says that Trump never lasts the length of a TV interview. <laughs> oh. Do you even think that? You know, he was with Melania when they when they conceived Baron. Do you think that like he was probably conceived by someone taking a sample from Trump and then inseminating Melania like you do when you breed bulldogs? 
Well, you know, they don't cook their own Thanksgiving, so somebody's got to use the turkey baster for something. <laughs> that task probably went to Michael Cohen. Oh. <laughs> or Eric. Okay. They seem to give all the crap jobs to Eric. So. <laughs> okay, I think we've covered that topic enough, so we will move on. <laughs> this year saw the commemoration of the 50th anniversary of the time a dead whale washed up in Oregon. This report from that occurrence shows an interesting way they set about to clear the beach of such an eyesore. It had to be said, the Oregon State Highway Division not only had a whale of a problem on its hands, it had a stinking whale of a problem. What to do with one 45-foot, 8-ton whale dead on arrival on the beach near Florence? It had been so long since a whale had washed up in Lane County, nobody could remember how to get rid of one. In selecting its battle plan, the highway division decided the carcass couldn't be buried because it might soon be uncovered. It couldn't be cut up and then buried because nobody wanted to cut it up, and it couldn't be burned. So dynamite it was, some 20 cases or a half ton of it. The hope was that the long-dead Pacific gray whale would be almost disintegrated by the blast and that any small pieces still around after the explosion would be taken care of by seagulls and other scavengers. Indeed, the seagulls had been standing nearby all day. As everything was being made ready, we asked George Thornton, the highway engineer in charge of the project, for his final observation. Well, I'm confident that it'll work. The only thing is we're not sure just exactly how much uh, explosives it'll take to disintegrate this things so the scavengers and goes and crabs and whatnot can clean it up is there any chance it might be more than a one-day job uh if there's any large chunks left and uh, we may have to do some other cleanup possibly set another charge the dynamite was buried primarily on the leeward side of the big mammal so as most of the remains would be blown toward the sea about 75 bystanders, most of them residents who had first found the whale to be an object of curiosity before they tired of its smell, were moved back a quarter of a mile away. The sand dunes there were covered with spectators and landlubber newsmen shortly to become land blubber newsmen, where the blast blasted blubber beyond all believable bounds. <laughs> Our cameras stopped rolling immediately after the blast. The humor of the entire situation suddenly gave way to a run for survival as huge chunks of whale blubber fell everywhere. Pieces of meat passed high over our heads while others were falling at our feet. The dunes were rapidly evacuated as spectators escaped both the falling debris and the overwhelming smell. A parked car over a quarter of a mile from the blast site was the target of one large chunk. The passenger compartment literally smashed. Fortunately, no human was hit as badly as the car. However, everyone on the scene was covered with small particles of dead whale. As for the success of the effort, well, the seagulls who were supposed to clean things up were nowhere in sight, either scared away by the explosion or kept away by the smell. That didn't really matter. The remaining chunks were of such a size that no respectable seagull would attempt to tackle anyway. As darkness began to set in, the highway crews were back on the beach burying the remains including a large piece of the carcass which never left the blast site. It might be concluded that should a whale ever wash ashore in Lane County again, those in charge will not only remember what to do, they'll certainly remember what not to do. I love this story. I know that I love it. Here's why I love that story. I like to think that's the moment that the women's lib movement really kicked off when... <laughs> when they saw a bunch of men standing around a beach doing something so stupid that they collectively said, we've had enough of this shit. 
<laughs> Worst Gallagher show ever. <laughs> I feel like that whole thing was a metaphor for Trump. Like, big fat guy, you know, like, just not sure what to do with him. And no matter what you do to Trump, he doesn't go away. He just makes a bigger and bigger mess. Like, And there's a horrible smell. Yes. I always assume that too. <laughs> Uh, not even the seagulls will eat him. <laughs> exactly. And yet, even though we tried to blow him up, <laughs> there are pieces of him all over the area, and part of him still remains. Yep. <laughs> it's Trump. That's why it, it's it is a, it's Trump. Like it was a foreshadowing from the seventies. <laughs> I think Shireen's just happy because it's something stupid that happened on a beach, and it wasn't in Florida. I know, right? <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, wait, did we ship people there to help them with this situation? <laughs> but I don't know who was stupider, the people who thought it was a good idea or the people who went to watch it. <laughs> little column A, little column B. Um, I do love that they named it Exploding Whale Park. It's now that. Oh, really? Yep. That's yep. hilarious. As, you know, never forget. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> On that note, that's our show. <laughs> I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojcikowski, and Shireen Kassam. And before we go, my final thought for the year 2020. At my local pizza place, they had a drawing slash giveaway for a PlayStation 5, and I ended up with it. I didn't win the drawing. I just took the display model off the table when no one was looking. <laughs> During this time of festivity, peace, love, and goodwill, we really need to look at the good in situations. For example, when you hear of a police officer injured or killed in the line of duty, think of the silver lining. One less unarmed black person dying in custody. People seem to not want to think of me as having a positive outlook. This year, someone commented on a photo of me. He looks like he wants to hate fuck a Pokemon. Little did he know, that's on my bucket list. And it was the only thing that actually made me want to play Pokemon Go. Despite the realist nature of these statements I'm making here, I have to believe there is inherent good, not only in all situations, but in all people. For example, take the person who came up with the expression, all aboard the Trump train. When I heard that, I thought to myself, what a stupid expression. Because if you're trying to convince people that your candidate isn't sympathetic to Nazis then the last image you want to conjure up is getting a whole bunch of people on board a train. But then I had a change of heart about that. Maybe all aboard the Trump train was coined by the autistic son of a campaign staffer who simply didn't have the heart to tell him how fucking stupid that slogan is. I'm always leery of jumping to that default mechanism that's often in people's minds and quickly making such comparisons. You see, it's really unfair to compare Trump to Hitler because at least Hitler had the common decency to commit suicide when his reign came to an end. I know that last statement seems a bit inflammatory, but if that upsets you, then take to heart the slogan on your boy's campaign flag, fuck your feelings. <laughs> statements like that make the chances of me getting booked at a major comedy club slightly less than the chances of North Korea making their own rendition of the TV show Undercover Boss. Every episode ends the same. Kim Jong-un summarily executing everyone in the workplace. Simply put, I'm too blunt and brutal and honest. I'm known as a straight shooter. You don't believe me? Watch me next time I clean off my computer monitor. <laughs> and now, let me conclude the year 2020 the only way I know how. 
by declaring that Deliverance is a Christmas movie. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Good night. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen and Abby Mello and guests Michelle Wojcikowski and Shireen Kassam. Theme music by Jeroen Vandenhurek. Executive producer Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. Hi, this is Jeff from Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. If you enjoy hearing me talk with Tom about politics and you're a fan of the New York Mets, then join me and Greg Prince in National League Town. Available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.